Hi listeners, hi Rudolph. Uh, it's myself, Mick Clark, with Rudolph for another episode of Fishy Tales. Hi Mick, yes, um, Fishy Tales and talking about fishing. But um, Mick, I, I was thinking now when we started um, sitting in the studio and, and we started chatting about availability of fishing gear, etc., I know you do a lot of work when it comes to fixing jet skis, working on them, uh, fish finders, etc., etc. How have you found the industry? Are you getting the spares you require to, to do your job, um, or is it very difficult for you at the moment? Yeah, that's a great question, Rudolph, because um, obviously we spent um, quite a few months, let's say, locked up, because that's what yeah. happened. Um, I would imagine that if I had a business where I was holding a lot of stock, um, I would be pretty happy to get rid of it and turn it into liquid uh, cash at the end of that you know and I think that's obviously what a lot of suppliers have done and um, there must have been this big confusion about do I replace that stock once I've sold it you know are the guys going to start fishing early um, are they going to wait till November to stock up again and my experience certainly getting parts has been nothing short of terrible to be quite honest with you um supplies you'd expect normally with popular sort of products we're just not getting them and it's sometimes it's not a problem of the supplies ordering them it's the actual supply chain i mean you've seen it in lots of other industries where this product's not just not getting through to us i think that there's a problem at the ports obviously the flights have been affected we haven't had flights regular flights for months now so air freight's been affected so i would imagine a lot of industries have been uh, took a huge knock with this and obviously fishing tackle it's gonna um, if it hasn't already it's filtering down that we're going to run out of products what we love for the summer possibly so i suppose you have to get in there early and get your stuff ordered Mick, that's exactly why i headed down this this road now asking you this question because um from my point of view where i'm involved with iron river which is ben berkeley mitchell we've um, ordered some products last year december and some of it, one container only arrived this week. So almost a year that we waited for a specific container. And there's, there's many more products in the pipeline which hasn't arrived. So the reason I asked the question was getting ready for the summer season, our holiday makers coming down and people just having their summer holidays. We need to stop preparing now and getting our tackle ready for the, for the summer holidays. And... Um, I suggest that the guys go out there and actually start looking for what they're going to need and start buying now because I've got a very strong feeling we're going to run out of certain products, um, key products like you know your favorite fishing rod or your favorite braid or your favorite hooks. So um, obviously by next year, if everything is fine and there's no more COVID problems, it, it will normalize again. But I think in the short term, we should start preparing and go out there and look for for your spares, um, your spare tackle, um, whatever you're going to need for your summer season. Because there's a lot of stuff that haven't arrived yet due to the problems at the ports and everything else related to the COVID um, delays. So I don't know if you've, you've always seen it in the, in the spare side, but I'm starting to see it in the fishing tackle itself. Yeah, I agree, Rudolph. And something else I noticed as well is we've had huge price increases from food to you know everything we get and just a week ago i was looking at the price of basic things like sabikis how much they've gone up in the last couple of seasons and to be quite honest with you we might be in for a bit of a nasty shock this year you know if the suppliers are waiting for product coming in the price is not going to go down so i would you know at this point in time i would get out there and get your tackle ready don't wait till late november or certainly not december to get your tackle ready i think it's time to get out there and grab that stuff now 
Um, but then, uh, you know, when we were talking about tackle, I was thinking about something there. If you look at the average price of a fishing rod from a couple of years ago, and you look at the average price of a fishing rod now, how much difference is it now, do you think? Um, you know, quality's got better and better and better. What is the average price of a, a, a good beach fishing rod? Yeah, Mick, um, yes, um, the prices have definitely gone up. And there are various reasons for it. I think the main reason is the amount of research, science and development that goes into these gear, um, or into the fish, oh, let's talk about fishing rods specifically now. Um, the, the, the product they use to build these rods are very expensive, um, and there's so much going into it. So yes, the price have gone up. Um, at your, uh, talking about top-end gear, it's really gone up a lot. But that begs the question, do you, do you want to spend a lot of money on a fishing rod or you go buy a cheapie? So in your opinion, um, what, what would you suggest to the sort of new angler out there that, that enters the market and he, he wants to start fishing now? Does he go out there and buy that very expensive rod, which is the best thing out there, and it's it's a good rod, and um, the professionals use, use that rod, or do you go for the cheap model and work your way up? Yeah, I'm probably the wrong wrong person to ask that question to, Rudolph, because I want all the old rods and I want all the latest and greatest <laughs> rods. I just collect tackle, simple as that. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself there, um, a question that the tackle prices go up and up and up. And the quality of tackle goes up and up and up. But do we keep the tackle for longer? And I don't think we do, do we? I think we, <laughs> I think we say, I'm definitely going gonna, gonna to buy this new one and I'm definitely not going to buy any more. This is going to last me five years. But we don't. We want the best. Um, we love the sport so much. We're just going to go out there and spend our cash, aren't we? That's the, the bottom line. Mickey, you're 100% correct there. And I think there's two ways of looking at it. Um, it's just the professional side of it versus the recreational side of it. So I think most of your recreational anglers will, will spend some money, buy some fishing gear, and use it once or twice a year. And that's it's fine, and, and that gear could last you for many, many years. But us that are, are serious about our sport and we try and um, be the best at it, we have to keep up with the latest models, use the latest stuff, um, and always upgrade as the new products come on the market, use it, because it does affect your sport. Um, yes, we can go out and catch a fish on an old rod and old reel and old line, but if you want to be the best in your sport, you have to use the latest stuff, because the better quality tackle does catch you more fish. Um, and there might be people out there that argues a point with me, but if you want to be the best in your sport, you have to use the latest stuff, and it's very expensive. So what I like to do, is I rotate my gear. So I will buy a new rod now, it'll cost me X amount of money, and as soon as a new model comes out, I would sell that old rod and buy the new model. So it doesn't always cost me a fortune to buy the new model. Um, I'll look after my gear, and after two, three years, I'll sell the old gear and buy the latest model. And that's just a way of staying on top of your game, and by always having the best that's out there, and you practice hard, and you, you, you spend many, many hours doing what you do to be the best out there. Having the latest and the best uh, gear out there possible also increases your chances of being good at what you do. Yeah, I agree, Rudolph. Yeah, it, you know, the, the, often you're either saying that gear doesn't catch fish, but I don't agree with that. I think gear does catch fish. I think that if you can cast that bit further, if you, your rod will uh, bend a bit better and just keep that fish on when, when the other rod might have 
not bent and the, the line would have broke, sorry, the, the, um, the action wouldn't have worked on the rod and the fish got away, you're definitely going to catch more fish with better tackle. As your experience grows, uh, you know, to, at first you won't uh, value that. It's like reels. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lover of good quality reels. I have to admit that. Um, drag is so important um, and maintaining them reels is so important to me, Rudolph, to be quite honest with you. You cannot abuse reels and catch good fish. That's, that's proven time after time, you know. You have to look after that sort of um, equipment. So what about the big brands in the tackle industry, Rudolph? Um, you know, Penn, Daiwa, Shimano. Are those guys getting bigger and stronger or do you think they lose market share because there's so many manufacturers on the market now yeah mick um out of my experience i would say your big brands are there and they're there to stay um those three you mentioned are definitely three of the big brands but there's always new brands that come onto the market and with a i'm talking from reels rods lures braids lines and some of them actually stick around and then slowly grow but you always find the, the fly-by-nighters who come in from China and everybody says it's the best thing since sliced bread. And then they just don't hang around for various reasons, maybe uh, after-sell service or whatever the reason might be. So I think in our industry, when it comes to tackle itself, your big brands will always be there. They're established. Um, they've got the, the input market. So um, they bring in their, their latest gears and they on top of their game. And there'll be always be those those new guys that try and infiltrate the market. Some of them succeed and some don't. So as it is with anything, we try those new brands and sometimes it works and we stick with them. And if it doesn't work, you just go back to the old faithful that's been there for many, many years. So that's just my experience when it comes to brands and tackle um, within the South African market. So Rudolph, obviously you're, you're involved with Penn. What's the process then if there's going to be a new designer rod? How, what's the whole process? You know, do you get them to test and use them and abuse them? Or? Mick, a very good question because I often get this question. And um, people seem to think a fishing rod's a fishing rod, but there's a lot that goes into developing a new fishing rod. And I would say on average, if we design a new rod in South Africa, it takes us two years to get the rod from starting to talk about it till getting it in the shelves and the shops sometimes even longer so the the basic we at um, iron river south africa who is, is part of pen we've got a um, person who deals with uh, tackle development um, so we would come up with an idea us as the group of pro anglers or even the public might say guys we need something to do this specific job we would go to our rod developer or tackle developer and say to him can we build this specific rod so then you'll have to go and speak to the guys in depends say for instance in China or Japan and make a prototype or a sample for us obviously that takes there's uh, a lot of discussions between you get the exact uh, mixtures of your graphites and everything else that goes into the rod or re, um, if it's a real you've got engineers that develop it and draw it and get a prototype made the prototype gets sent back to South Africa and then us as pro staff will test this specific um, if we're talking about a rod we'll test this rod and hopefully your sample is as you planned it. And if a sample is as you wanted it and it works and, it, and there's no flaws in it, it's got to go through the whole process of um, the whole marketing side of things. There's brands involved, there's uh, patent rights involved. So that might take months to get past that point. And after everything's cleared, they can start producing. And that takes a few months and then it ends up in South Africa. So it's a whole long process of, of uh, legal um, 
aspects you've got to cover as well as practical aspects of does this product actually work and then hopefully after you've developed this rod there's a market for it and guys still want this rod oh, so, yeah, so often we, we we spend a lot of time developing your gear and we don't just build a rod willy-nilly and like oh, i want this rod for this and quickly build it there's a lot of thought and a lot of money that goes into it so that's why we're always so excited to bring out a new product onto the market because we know how many years of hard work has gone into developing that specific fishing rod, for instance, to get it out on the on the marketplace? Oh, so wow. very interesting. Um, um, a, a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of time goes into it. I suppose it's a never-ending circle as well, isn't it? You just think you've got the latest and greatest, and then the whole process starts again. <laughs> but that's a great insight into it. I had no idea that all that work goes into it, you know, and um, you just appears on the shelf all of a sudden. So actually that's as far back as two years ago that rod was in development. That's quite incredible. Yes, and Mick, and um, fishing is, I often talk about the fashion within fishing, and um, we would develop a rod and we'd say, this is the rod. This is the rod that's going to last for 20 years and it's going to be the best thing. But believe me, a year or two down the line, something small in the fishing industry might change. A new type of reel might come out, and that's the favorite reel, and suddenly this reel doesn't suit the rod. So your balance is out. It's all about tackle balance. Or braid changes. Braid becomes thinner and stronger. So the rod you developed a year ago that was the best thing since last bread doesn't work anymore. So you've got to adapt all the time to stay within that fashion of keeping your balance right. So it's a tackle balance that's very, very important for us. So yes, it, it does. We don't just change it in order to sell new tackle. We change it to obviously get the angler to catch more fish, but also stay um, keep that um, your tackle within the market trends that keep on changing constantly. So I think it's something you'll keep on changing all the time, and that's why you just got to keep on making sure you're using the the best tackle that's out there at the time for us as professional anglers and that works for us oh wow thanks rudolph now what's the most important thing for you then the rod or the reel and no um for, for me from a shore-based uh, uh fishing uh, and a spinning uh, fishing from shore it's tackle balance that that's a word we often use is balance the uh, the it's, it's a very technical concept but it's got to be a balanced outfit now i don't know maybe you can expand a bit when it comes to you guys fishing off skis and boats if that's so important to you as well yeah Rudolph I think the same as you there is a fashion involved in fishing but at the end of the day it depends on what type of fishing you're doing and what type of fish you're fishing for so the the action of the rod is so important isn't it when you get a fish near, near to the vessel and that fish could uh, swim off quickly at any time you want a nice action on the rod a nice smooth through action um, if you're pulling tuna you want to pull them as they're going to box you all day you want to pull them quickly so different rods for different situations and i agree definitely there's a fashion with rods um, but for me a reel is also so so important you know I, that's something i keep on top of them we mentioned on the last episode i'm so particular about reels they have to work for sure i think you can get away sometimes with a little bit of uh, not quite the right rod but you will not get away with a reel what's uh, not tip-top condition and working properly definitely yeah, I do agree there with you, Mick. Um, maybe your reel is, that's the engine, if you want to talk in a car specifically. The reel is the engine of the car. So without a good reel, your car won't go forward. So your rod can still be a little bit old um, as long as the guides are good, but your reel is absolutely critical. And um, 
then we get back to the maintenance of, of your fishing gear. It's something we spend a lot of time on is maintaining our fishing gear, keeping it clean, servicing it regularly. And that makes a huge difference because we fish in salt water and salt corrodes. Um, our reels are made of aluminium and um, I guess most aluminium and those parts do corrode. So maybe we can head into that uh, maintaining our gear. What do you do when you come back from the sea of your ski and everything's full of salt water? How do you maintain it in order to give it that longevity you want out of it? Oh, Rudolph, uh, I'm very particular about cleaning tackle. You know, as soon as it comes off, I clean it with fresh water. I get salt assassin and I spray salt assassin all over. And then um, I use silicon now. Once it's dried out, I just spray silicon all over it. But, you know, we were talking now about expensive, how expensive tackle is. I think that almost forces you to look after your tackle. You know, if it was cheap and the value was low, maybe you wouldn't look after it so much. But I think we've been forced to look after our equipment more. And it adds more value. If it is expensive, you're going to spend more time looking after it and taking more care of it. And people are always asking uh, that question, how do you look after the gear? And that's the answer for me is salt away are good. Uh, there is proper tackle protectors on the market. Um, I would definitely use them as well. So um, at the end of the day, Wash, clean, polish, and store it away. Now, one tip I would give anybody with your reel saw is do not leave the drag tight. I've destroyed plenty of drag washers by doing that, so definitely slacken the drag off. Yeah, so the answer is look after the tackle. Yes, Mick, yeah, that, that little drag question is um, what I, I, I do, similar to you. I'd get home, take the hose pipe, spray my gear down with fresh water, let it dry, and then put a type of a reel protector or rod protector um, in the form of a silicon spray or whatever protector you've got over it and but while i wash my reel i've got my drag locked because the last thing i want is water to go into the drag washers and make it sticky and then after i've cleaned it and before i store it away i'll loosen the drag again because you can destroy your drag on the reel by keeping it locked for a few months and um you know as good as i do hooking a fish with uh, on a reel that's drag is not correct it's a it's just a recipe for disaster yeah, 100% Rudolph. And I think the main key point with the cleaning is do it now. As soon as you've finished, do it. Otherwise, you will not do it. Yes. <laughs> don't say, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to have supper and then I'll let it. Don't. Do it now and do it straight away. Okay, that's great. Well, Rudolph, that was a great insight into the tackle industry. And I was quite intrigued by that rod, the process of um, how the rods come about. That was brilliant. So um, for this episode, Rudolph, thanks very much for myself. Yes, Mick, yeah, thank you so much. It was a small little insight into tackle development. It's a huge subject and there's a lot of guys who can talk a lot about it. And maybe in future we can go into depth on how a fishing rod actually gets built because it's, it's a very, very interesting process. Um, but I'll go do a bit of homework and maybe we can chat about just the process of building a fishing rod and what goes into it. And I think people will be amazed at, as to what goes into building the process of just building that blank that we use as a fishing rod. Oh, well, we look yeah. forward to that one. Yeah. Great, Mick. Thank you so much. And I'm um, looking forward to next week. Yeah, me too. Bye, listeners.